0: I was thinking, what if the religions had a prey off? Like Muslims, not really Buddhist, but like Muslims, the real competitive religions, like Christianity, Muslims, Catholicisms, or whatever permutation of, uh, or a denomination of those that you have. What's another religion like Hinduism? You have a prey off. Everyone, we like challenge all the religions to a prey off. Like everyone prays, everyone, part of that religion, praise and we have some sort of uh, like a coin toss like a dice roll or something or a lottery ball pick and we decide who the real religion is by having a lottery system where you get a certain number or whatever you have a certain combination of numbers and whichever religion wins the lottery is the religion we all decide okay if you pray to your god enough if you pray enough your god will come through It's a challenge between the gods or if there is only one God that God will be like all right I will reveal myself through this lottery system because the one God that's real is going to make itself known by making the lottery Happen. It's a stupid idea. It doesn't work because if you're not No religion would uh, I don't think any religious people would think this is a good idea But if your brain works like most people in sports and you're competitive you would say yeah, that's that's it That's how we're gonna decide which religion is the right one. We're gonna have a pray-off. We're all gonna get on our knees <laughs> and pray for the right lottery numbers to come up. But I think I used to be Christian or I used to you know, align with that belief system and I, I think they would say, well, it's kind of counterintuitive because you're not having faith. So if you're using a lottery system to make God reveal himself, you're asking God to reveal himself. So you then won't have to have faith, right? Which is kind of a cop-out, but it's not a cop-out. I actually respect it. I'm not making fun of religious people. Uh, It does make sense, because if you would... To challenge God and say, make the sky... Make the sky... Red. Make the sky red, or you're not real. It feels very... Even I grew up religious, so even when I say, Make the sky red, or you're not real, I get uncomfortable. I get uncomfortable with that. I think it's weird. I feel like I okay so I think in the Bible Saul went to a fortune teller went to a psychic because he wanted to know what to do he wanted the psychic to know his future he went to a fortune teller and he died the next day I don't know what Bible verse that is I don't even know if I ever really learned it but I remember my mother telling me that whenever I wanted to, I think I wanted to go to a psychic or there was some sort of fortune teller cartoon or something like that. My mom said, you know, Saul, he wanted to know his future and uh, God God killed him after he knew his future. So there are parts of me, like I won't even blaspheme. I'm afraid of blasphemy because I think deep down, I believe in the, I believe in God, like God in the sky. Killing people who go to fortune tellers. I believe that. It's in my head. So I'm not the type to blaspheme or tell God to do something to reveal himself. I'm just not the type. But it is a funny idea to have a pray off, to have a big praying competition live on TV. We all pray. We all have a lottery system. You're panning to different countries, all on their knees, all on their prayer rugs, praying that the right numbers come up and prove that God is real. Uh, I think that would be so funny. and also other religions talking shit and saying, "Oh, your your religion is bitch ass because you can't even pray to your god. Ask the right lottery numbers to come up. That's some weak. That's a weak sauce, God. I would love that too, just to see people talking shit about each other's religions. Oh my God, it'd be it'd be pretty incredible because it does reduce religion down to a um, competition, which it is not. It is a ideology, of a, a way of believing." so it doesn't really work. But it would be funny. It would be a good joke, I think. Um, Okay, what else do I have? Um, Oh, this is kind of, this is messed up. We don't care about the Ukraine anymore. I know, and I'm not gonna backtrack that, I haven't thought about the Ukraine since I read my note, which I probably put in here two weeks ago. I haven't thought about the Ukraine, I have not. I think that's all I have to say. I'm not making light of what's going on over there. I'm not saying, I'm not even justifying my apathy towards the situation. I am just making, I am just bringing up the fact that I have not thought about it in two weeks. I have not thought about it in a long time. And there was a time where I was doing a lot of research, I was doing a lot of reading, and I was very concerned about that. Uh, And I realized because it was in the news, was why I cared, and it's not in the news, now the mental taxation that it was giving me is is gone. I do not think about it. I'm not saying I should think about it. I'm not saying I shouldn't think about it. I just need to make it known that I don't think about the Ukraine anymore, and isn't that kind of interesting? Because I was very concerned. I don't want to project, but I got a feeling a lot of us aren't, and isn't that weird? I think we were all very concerned for a long time, nothing changed, and we, in oh, I should just speak for myself. I was very concerned for a couple weeks, and now it does not cross my mind, but nothing changed. I'm still dealing, I think, I don't know, I think about that a lot. I think the news kind of tells you what to be concerned about, and, I don't want to go into this because I don't want to like get political. I just think it's interesting that we look at the news and we, it's almost a form of entertainment because it's someone showing you information and then saying, what's your opinion? Voice your opinion, have conversations about it, attach your ego to the way you feel about the situation and what you know. That being said, I also... I also, I wanted to talk about the Britney Griner situation, which I've done a lot of research on, uh, and I, I actually am pretty well informed about it. I actually do know a lot about it. And I, so having this knowledge, what I wanted to do is I wanted to put on Facebook, I was like, I'm gonna ask people what their opinion on the Britney Griner situation is. Cause I know a lot, so it'll be great to get other people's takes. And also see what they know. And that was very interesting to me because I put it out there, and there were there were a lot of takes, there were no arguments, people were very civil in the comments. Even though I think people did have difference of, differences of opinions, but the way they read the thread, they thought they were all on the same side. I could be wrong about that, I don't know. But I will say this, the people that were most passionate, the most vehement about their opinions, were the least informed. That from what I observed, knew the least amount about the situation or had the most, what I consider from research I gave, misinformation. And I thought that was really interesting. So I think the news isn't the news. And I think it's impossible to have the news. All you could really have if you had news were just information. There would be no adjectives in the news. You wouldn't be describing a situation with adjectives to liven up the situation, you would just describe in Aleppo, there were 53 casualties today from civilians, 200, you know, guerrilla warfare, patriot, I don't even what am I trying to say? Um, white hats, the Syri- the guys that are, you know, defending Syria, 20 casualties. You would just say this information, you know, according to XYZ or, you know, they're they have a even saying like The rebels have a stronghold or something like that would even be too much because you're saying they have a stronghold. Well, what's to define a stronghold? It's so hard to do the news because the news, you really have to tell a story. You have news stories, so you're telling people a story because if you just hand them information and you don't give them any context, you don't give them any sort of emotional attachment to the story, it's hard to read and it's hard to make sense of because all you get is facts. You know, you need to put a little bit of context around it. You need to make it into a story, not only to entertain me, but to make me attach to it and retain the information. So it's kind of strange, isn't it? It's kind of weird we have these news stories, and they're not really there to let you know necessarily what's going on somewhere else, but they're really there to give you something to talk about with other people. I just thought that was, I don't know, it's, it's interesting to me. The more I watch the news, the more I'm, I'm, I, I will take one story and I will try to do research on it and research being just looking at different sources. Um, I remember I looked into the Bill Gates scandal, scandal, it's not even the right word, but Bill, Bill Gates tested HPV vaccinations in India. It was really, that was back when COVID was crazy and people were saying Bill Gates was trying to, uh, start the new world order. And I was like, I'm going to look into this. And I looked into it and it wasn't true. In my opinion, from what I read, I read a lot of information and I thought a lot of it was blown up in a way to make it seem like he was poisoning these Indian women um, with, you know, poorly tested vaccinations for HPV. And from what I read from a couple different sources, I believe that's completely untrue. And it kind of sucks. Even though that is an interesting story to believe Bill Gates is trying to start a new world order. That's fascinating, right? It's just not true. And that's what sucks. And I think people will latch on to that with conspiracy theories a lot because it's exciting. And they may be true. There are a lot of conspiracy theories that I'm sure are true. But they are all exciting. A lot of them are not true. But all of them are exciting. The fact that there might be some sort of... Truth that is out there, and is not understood, and is not recognized, is fascinating to anyone. So, it's, it's, the news is bizarre, so when you watch the news, just take it as, like, a very small, very, like, you're, like, you're shining a flashlight into a cave, but it's your iPhone flashlight, right? It's not a spotlight, it's not gonna illuminate the whole cave, but it's someone with their own iPhone flashlight showing you a very specific part of the cage, of the cave, that's how I feel, I might be wrong, but this is, uh, this is what I think, and I'm willing to accept that it's not right, it's actually completely wrong, it makes no sense, and I'm full of, I'm just full of my own ego and attaching that to whatever this is that I'm talking about, that could be, but that is, that is true to me, that's how I feel about that, um, I wanna get, oh, extended beanie? I think I had the idea if you had like, how long could a beanie be? Cause I saw this extendo flat bill, this extendo dad hat with the bill was just like, crazy long and I thought it was so funny. Um, I thought about if we had an extendo beanie, like how long could a beanie be off the back of your head? Uh, and it still look like a beanie and be funny, because obviously the longer the beanie, the more difficult it is, the more weight you have, the more it's gonna wanna fall off your head. But I would buy a beanie that was like an Extendo three feet beanie. I think that'd be hilarious. Um, it would also, yeah, I think that would be great. Uh, also, millennials, not millennials, Gen Z, Zoomers are very funny. I'm on TikTok a lot, and I have to say, Gen Z is very funny. They're also very funny at picking on millennials. Sometimes I'll watch them pick on millennials and I'm like, wow, this is it's kind of when you watch a video and it says, white people love doing this. I just thought everyone liked doing this. White people always be saying this. I just thought everyone be saying that. I didn't get it. I was it was something like white people like white people like getting in line and when the line forms behind them saying, good thing we got here when we did. I was like, that's, I just thought that was something we all did and said, but millennials or Gen Z, they can roast millennials really well. We're all very basic. We all kind of rely on the same jokes and uh, formulas for especially making content and making TikToks. Um, We're all hacks. We're all terrible, and Gen Z is really funny. Zoomers are really funny. I have no problems. Like I am a millennial. I kind of identify as a millennial. It's part of my identity, and uh, I don't care. It's fine. That's that's who I am, and I. Those are my Gen Z or Zoom. God damn, millennials are my people. Uh, but yeah, Zoomers are pretty funny, and they're also better at stuff than us. Watching Zoomers play guitar. I've watched so many kids on TikTok just shred. I've watched them edit videos. I've watched them produce music. There's a kid that's like 18 producing music that I just love his music and I connect with even the lyrics. I'm like, I can't believe you have the emotional intelligence to come up with something like this. I'm so impressed by Zoomers. I cannot believe it. God bless Zoomers. God bless everyone, but Zoomers, I'm very impressed by you. I think you got it. I think you got the juice. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep roasting millennials because it's really, it's it's really funny. All that to be said. All that to be said. I think I'm gonna make an extendo beanie. How many people would buy it? Could I get rich? Could I quit my job? Let me know. Uh, kids in first class. Oh, someone already. Someone already did this one. I don't want to go into that, but I thought that was like definitely interesting. Uh, uh, weed people are now. The ayahuasca people. So remember all those people that attached their identity to weed? Had the weed socks. And, uh, you know, were just like, I'm a stoner. Remember there were stoner comedies. There were movies that were dedicated to, like, making stoners laugh, And they didn't make sense. They made no sense at all. All the jokes didn't have to make sense. Because it was the idea that they were on drugs. And they were high. And it was silly. It was like when people would post on Facebook. Them being under laughing gas. Them being under... Uh, Carbon, carbon, uh, carbon, carbon monoxide. Not that that would kill you. Carbon, uh, whatever. CO2, CO2, carbon dioxide. Thank you. I don't know if that's right. That feels like the thing you breathe out. Anyway, them under laughing gas, so they would come out of Facebook. I would get so jealous because they would get all this attention and everyone would say they were so funny because they were under laughing gas and they would just say, just the, they'd be wilding under laughing gas, talking about the craziest shit. And everyone would like it. Everyone would say, this is so funny. I would be jealous because I wanted that attention. I'm like, well, I'm funny. Anyone can be funny under laughing gas, you know? So I think I had the uh, I had the same issues. But weed people. Weed people are now ayahuasca people. Because you can't attach your identity to weed anymore. That's insane. But you can be a drug guy. You can be the mushroom guy. You can be the ayahuasca guy. You can be the guy that's like, let me take you to um burning man you can be a burner that's definitely an identity but being a weed guy not cool anymore you can't do it people are on weed it's medic it's like medicinal now it's like being um like a Humera guy you know or uh was well, like a boring drug or like chantex guy you know that's not an identity that's just a medication so I think drug identities are still around but they've migrated into you know because I can't listen to people I cannot. I've done some drugs only. I've only really done drugs to not have to listen to people tell me about what that drugs experience is like, right? So if someone says, have you done Coke before? I can say, yeah, I've done it. Yep. Yep. Done Coke. I don't have to listen to them tell me about what it's like doing Coke. I know I've done it. Don't talk to me. I don't need to listen to your experience anymore. I don't have to listen to people tell me, oh, mushrooms, I saw a ghost and he came to me. He like enlightened me. I'm like, that's great. I can't understand it. I can't. That's an emotional experience that you had while you were on drugs and that's great. I love that for you. It's like someone explaining a dream to you. You're like, I wasn't there. You were the only one there. You are the only one that can have this experience. This is yours. This is yours to keep. And think about, meditate on, think about what the dream meant to you. Maybe then, maybe if you come to me with your dream and you say, hey, I had this dream and here's the revelation I had. Here's what I think it meant. Here's what it tied into. And I think I had this dream for a reason. I think my brain was trying to tell something to me subconsciously. I'm here for it. I'm here for that. But don't tell me, don't tell me about your dream. Just don't. Don't tell me about your drug experience. Don't tell me about how you saw God. You didn't see God. I don't believe you saw God. I believe that you believe you saw God. I think that's cool, but I don't believe that you saw God. I don't, I'm sorry. Also, I think there's a part of it that's them saying, God revealed himself to me, me, not you, me. And I think that upsets me a little bit. I think I get a little bit annoyed by that. Someone saying, hey, God revealed himself to me. God took the time to talk to me. And I'm like, well, you didn't talk to me. You think you're better than me? You think God wants to talk to you when He can talk to me? Doubt it. I fucking doubt it, dude. Um. Okay. Imagine seeing. Okay. Imagine seeing kiss. Seeing what the kiss looks like. You see them in all their makeup, their entire costumes, their hair done up. They have like the spiky shoulder pads and everything you look at this band, you're a Gen Z, you've never heard Kiss's music before. All you have, all you have to gauge what type of music they play is the way they look. That's it. That's all you have. So you go and you think, oh, this is going to be the heaviest like death metal band I've ever heard. You're expecting like, cra- like you know, drop C tuning, electronics effects that make the bass shake and just satanic screaming music. Also, you know, the band's the band's name is Knights and Satan Service. You know that too. You know that's what it stands for. You're expecting the most insane, pig squealing, screaming, sounds like the devil, right? You're expecting like, I'm expecting some real satanic shit. I'm expecting some super heavy music. Um, like, what's a like, a, like a Bring Me The Horizon. Like an old Bring Me The Horizon or a, what's a... Um, Whitechapel. I think Whitechapel was a band? Not Whitechapel. But anyway, this, uh, why can't I come up with, like, super heavy, heavy bands anymore? Or, like, um, Bad Omens. That's a band, too. You're expecting the heaviest thing you've ever heard. If you've listened to heavy music, if you know what I'm talking about, that's what you're expecting from Kiss. You're expecting insane. You're expecting to see the devil. And then they come out and they play, I'm gonna rock and roll all night. You hear that? That's what they come out and play? You'd be like, is this a joke? This is knights in Satan's service? This is the music? It's funny cause some, there was a time where in like, that was heavy metal. Kiss was heavy metal. People would hear that and they'd be like, what is this? It's too loud. It's oh, this was the devil's music. That's what they thought the devil's music was. was, I want to rock and roll all night. That's funny. That's hilarious to me that people were like, this is satanic hearing, I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. They're like, that's, that's the devil's music, huh? Is it? No, nah, I don't think so. Um, oh my gosh, okay, so the dodo. I think the dodo is like the most universally, um, the lowest common denominator in entertainment. It's like cute animals, because it's interesting now we have all these resources to watch video content, and the most popular videos are videos of nature, which is kind of ironic, right? We have all this electronics and technology gives us the ability to observe things that have always been there and never needed technology. But the dodo has now started. I think I'm a sucker for like a really fucked up looking dog and watching it get nursed back to health and grow to love its uh grow to love its owner. It's it's everyone likes that. I think it feels good. It's endorphin rush. Oxytocin feels good. But they showed an animal, they've been doing this a lot r- lately. Mm. They'll show an animal that's like beyond repair in terms of making that animal not look sad. And not, cause you go, you sit, the animal's transformation is so overwhelming and so compelling, cause the it ends up looking like a dog that looks like anyone else's dog. But they've been doing ones where like the eyes are messed up, like it has really bad eyes, it has scarring, and it almost looks like a dead animal and i started watching it and i was like oh i really want to see how they glow up this dog they glowed up the dog but it still like had ear like just unrepairable parts to it and it still looked really in sad shape when you got to the end of the video and I was like, you can't, you can't do that. You have to be able to take a dog that you can make look like a happy dog. Cause they took this cat or this dog and they repaired it. It looked happy, but it just looked so messed up that I was like, you can't, there are some, don't show that video, show the other ones. But if the animal still at the happy ending, the animal, you still see it and you're like, oh my God, what happened to that animal? You can't, you can't show it. It's still sad, you know? You can't, if it's not like, if the dog doesn't look cute, It still just feels sad, you know, um, it's obviously happy that the animal's not suffering, but you want to see the transformation and you want to see it look cute again. If the cat's missing its eyes, just repair the cat, love the cat, but don't, don't share the video. So, um, not like anyone's listening, but, uh, oh, I was thinking about this. Okay. RWTF, right? So reddit, slash r slash WTF if you're not a redditor basically WTF is like it's showing you what the fuck it's like oh this what the fuck is this this is a really fucked up video which you were probably asking well why would you watch that why would you watch disturbing stuff like that um there's no death there's no death They, they don't show death but they show a lot And I thought about, why do I watch this? Why do I have this? Because even when I see the flag come up, WTF, not safe for work, I still, I get excited. And I realize that I get a buzz. Like I get a, a nicotine hit. Like I get a buzz when I see something messed up on WTF. I have to admit that. When I see it, I get a thrill. And I'm like, that's why I subscribe. Because even when I see it, when I know it's coming, the stimulus in my brain goes off that says, you're about to see something you're not supposed to see. You're about to see a dark side of human life that is going to affect your brain. And I get excited. So I see something messed up, something not good. And I'm admitting this. This is the truth. I don't feel good. I am not proud of this. But when I see it, I see it. I saw. I see a guy fall off a moped. And, a, and, and uh, I see it and I'm like... Buzz. I don't know if it's a good buzz or a bad buzz, but my brain, some, you know, you know when you smoke a cigarette, you feel, you do a shot, you eat Sour Patch Kids, you can't, you went, you stuck your hand in the Sour Patch bag and you knew what was going to happen. You knew what your brain was gonna do once it ate the Sour Patch Kid. Even before you're about to eat the Sour Patch Kid, your brain is already anticipating the Sour Patch Kid. And, uh, it goes off. Your brain gives you a little bit of juice. I don't know what it is. Like a... A Serotonin? Synapse? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Um. Oh, The Office. Do I want to talk about The Office? I think I'll just... The Office is good because people do not deliver their lines. And I think that's what's great about it. I think most shows they deliver their lines. They do it almost like a stage play rather than a TV show like you're watching real life. And I think The Office is good because no one delivers their lines, right? They just say their lines because the camera is known, right? It's like the camera is, you're aware of the camera. All the actors are supposedly aware of the cameras. The cameras are not the real cameras, but they're Camera shooting a documentary. So no one delivers their line. So it's a completely different experience than any other show because you're watching a show and people deliver their line. They speak up, they say the line in the script, you hear it, and then you process that and you're like, okay, we're moving the plot forward versus The Office. There's no, there's no awareness. Like nobody, nobody delivers their line because it would be weird, right? Because you're watching real life. And you're supposed to feel like you're watching real life, so no one delivers their line. So the viewing experience, I believe, is significantly better because it feels like you're not supposed to watch it. Because if someone's delivering their line, it feels like, hey, listen to me say my line. I'm going to say it loud and clear so you can follow along to the plot. But when someone's not delivering their line like that, because even reality TV shows are guilty of this. People deliver their lines in a weird way to move the plot forward, which is not ideal, right? Because you don't want that because you don't want it to feel like oh, they're delivering their lines. They're aware of the camera. It feels weird. So that's my point. And I love the office. I'm, I'm, you know, I like basic stuff. I really do. I enjoy, you know, that's what I like. I like the office. It's great. Uh, Signing was here for a hot minute. Remember when signing was like Learning sign, it's so hot in here. Learning sign language was like very hot. It was in vogue. That was like the language everyone was learning. Everyone was learning signing. I feel like it was this very empathetic language to learn. If you were learning signing, I feel like you got some like social credit from that. Oh, you're learning signing? You know how to sign language? It was hot. Everyone, there was always an interpreter. There was like in every, every like state of the union address or any sort of presidential debate or any big event, there was someone signing. It was hot for a minute. We were like, yes, yeah, signing for the deaf people. The deaf people finally, finally getting getting it. And then it just, now you just don't see it anymore. Do people, maybe like cochlear implants or whatever? We made it so everyone can hear, but like no one signs anymore. No one, we really cared there for a minute. But now it's like, oh yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of 2012. We don't, we just kind of talk and hope. They can read lips now. People don't care about signing. I don't know what happened. Uh, Alright. Moving somewhere so it'll be attached to your identity. Oh, this is interesting. I look at like, I watch uh, Josh Wilson. How to with Josh Wilson. Wilson. He's in uh, He's in New York and he does a lot of just filming people. Filming random footage. And there are people who move to New York. I move to LA because I want people to be like, Oh, Joey Bertoff lives in LA and that's cool. He is a cool LA guy. I like being here. I like it when people when people ask where I live so I can say, I live in Los Angeles, because that's part of my identity. That's kind of how I define it. I look at people in New York, and there are a lot of people that move to New York who's so like, I want to be a New Yorker, I wanna I wanna tell people I'm from New York, I wanna go to I wanna have secret places in New York that I go to, I wanna come back to Ohio or Indiana and tell people about my experience in new york and how it's how i'm different from them now because i live in new york i do the same thing with los angeles i tell people like yes i'm i'm an angelino i believe this about myself it's now part of my identity indiana is not really part of my identity nor do i want it to be definitely a part of who i am but it is something i attach myself to i believe like true new yorkers true angelinos are people that are just here they just are you know if you ask them if they're an angelino they're probably like i don't know This is just where I live. Because they film a lot of people in New York who were just there. They didn't move to New York because they wanted to be in New York. They just ended up there. And I feel like those are the true New Yorkers. Because everyone else is there trying to be a New Yorker. So the only real people that are actual New Yorkers are the people that just ended up existing in New York. And that's truly what the New York experience is. Because you're unaware that there is a New York a New Yorker energy or vibe. You're just living there versus if you're aware of it, like me in Los Angeles, I'm aware of it. So I want to be an Angelino. I want to be a part of it. I'm aware of the Los Angeles experience, which I think makes it so um, I'm not an Angelino. in that sense, right? Because if, if you move somewhere, because you're like, I wanna live in New York, it's gonna change me, I'm gonna be a New Yorker, I'm gonna act like a New Yorker, I'm gonna have all my spots, I'm gonna know the city, I'm gonna take pride in that, you already kind of like, you already kind of aren't. Because you are what you are, not what you're trying to be. And I think if you're trying to be that, I think it's impossible to be it. Because you're putting in effort. It's what you are organically. Whatever you put out is who you are. Um, And if there's any effort in being something, stop. You should stop. So if someone were to say, well, you're not a real Angelino. you've only been here like five or six years. I'd have to say, yeah. Yeah. I'm just a guy that's lived here five or six years. I'm just a guy existing here. Do I know where to get the best Italian food? I don't. I don't. I just, I eat at home a lot, to be honest. But what I can tell you is this, is I don't want to be anywhere else. That's it. You know. Um, I don't care. I just this is it. There's nowhere else I would rather go. I could think about moving somewhere else. I'd probably be happy there, but right now, I think this is the best place I could possibly be. That's it. Am I Angelina? Who's to say? Um Fear of social anxiety is interesting. Like what are you afraid of when you're afraid when you have social anxiety? What is the worst case scenario? I was thinking about that. And I think a lot of people, they think they're going to like ruin someone's good time. If you really get down to it, they think they're going to ruin a party. And I've been thinking about that. I'm like, you're never going to ruin a party. I could never ruin a party. If I felt like I went somewhere and I was ruining the party, I would say, I'm sorry and leave. You know, I think a lot of people you can, because I've had social anxiety too. And I think that was mainly the reason I thought I would go somewhere. Maybe I would feel out of place, but now I feel like I have the confidence to really try to talk to people, to invest in people, listen to them kind of exchange ideas. I like people a lot, but if I went somewhere and I felt like people weren't enjoying my company they weren't enjoying my vibe, or I just said something offensive, all I would have to do is say, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. And I think I should leave you're not going to ruin the party if you're a good person i believe i'm a good person i don't think i can ruin any party but if people were just really not vibing with my energy i wouldn't take it personally i'd just say hey it seems vibes off for me the vibe is off for me at this party i think i'm going to take off because i think that'd be best for everyone like what are you afraid of social anxiety for you might hurt people's feelings but just say you're sorry right Just say you're sorry. It's so easy to, like, fix that. That's all you can do. And if someone's still hurt after you apologize, like, that's really, you know, that's, it sucks that it happened. But, like, dude, you're going to leave the party and it's over. Like, it's done. You don't have to think about that person that you hurt anymore. You did everything you could. Maybe if you said something really fucked up, you can try to rectify it and, like, pay them 20 bucks. I don't know. Do that. Maybe that'll make, whatever you got to do to make you feel all right about that. But, like. Trust yourself that you're a good person. I think anyone watching this video is good. Is a good person. Um, Yeah. uh, It's getting too hot. Um, Oh, I want to... Okay, I want to do a movie. I have this movie idea. It's like It's a Wonderful Life, but it's two people, two friends. One of them is, like, very happy and content with the way their life has gone. Maybe their life isn't even going particularly great in the eyes of, like, the community they're in or their society. And one is just constantly kind of like thinking about what could have been the life they could have had if things had gone differently that's kind of all they think about they're kind of miserable just because that's all they think about they think what if this would have happened what if this would have happened my life would have been better right so they're they're um, you know they come across clarence right the two of them clarence from uh it's a wonderful life it's an angel that shows What life would be like if George Bailey never existed. Because that's kind of what George is going to kill himself. Because he, you know, he's like, the world would be better without me. Clarence shows him that that is not the case. Life would suck without him. So it'd be interesting if kind of this ghost of christmas past goes back and they go through both these guys lives and they go into different permutations of what their life could have been had things gone differently right and the guy where he thinks oh my i would be happy if my life had gone differently at every possible turn they get they go through his entire life and he's discontent in every possible Uh, direction they go in his life every possible scenario any possible dimension they go into he's always discontent about what could have happened in his life versus the other guy who's just generally positive and happy about his existence is sees his life and sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad sometimes it's better sometimes it's worse and all he sees when he sees that is he's just interested he's just he looks at himself in whatever he's doing, in whatever circumstances, and rather than looking at it, is this good? Is this bad? Am I better? Am I worse? Is this an existence I'd rather have? He just looks at himself and he has compassion and he sees himself and says, wow, that's interesting. That is an interesting life. Look at this guy. Look how he's living. Oh, he's a welder. I would have never thought I could be a welder. Look, he seems to be really enjoying welding and he's interested. He wants to see how he's doing it. Maybe he's a baker, you know? Maybe he ends up in prison and he's just like, oh, wow, I've never, this is such an interesting obviously like difficult way to live your life, but I'm interested in it. Look at his existence. Look at his existence in this prison. It's fascinating to him. I think it'd be really interesting. So the one guy learns that, hey, I'm, uh, the way I choose to see my life as a failure is, is entirely in my own head versus the other guy who chooses to see his life and be interested and engaged in whatever he's doing, realizes that regardless of whatever happened in his life, his disposition is always going to be good because he's always smiling and taking what's presented in his life and saying how interesting and how interesting is this what a cool experience i think that'd be a really interesting movie oh also college college is a status symbol i realized this like did you go to college or what college did you go to it's a status symbol and it's different if you went to college way later in life because there's a movie it's called miss america it's noah but. Someone asks Greta Gerwig, oh, did you go to, like, what college did you go to? And she says, oh, I didn't, I didn't go to college. Like, I didn't go to co- I didn't end up, I, like, didn't go. And the woman says back to her, like, that's not a permanent stay. Like, you can always go. Like, I didn't go to college. It's like, I haven't gone to college. And I thought about that. I'm like, yeah, you're right. But college is, I think kids are still going to college even though it's like lemmings going over a cliff and getting in tons of debt and not getting jobs. And I think the reason is it's because it's a status symbol. Going to Going to college after high school is a status symbol to parents. So I think they want their kids to go because they want to tell other parents like, oh, he's going here, he's going there. They want to say that it's a status thing. So if you go to college like as a 30 year old, your parents aren't going to say, oh yeah, I'm like, oh, where did you go? They're not expecting the answer, like where is he going to school? They're expecting like, what does he do with his life? And if you say, he's going to college, people are gonna look down on that because he's old and going to college. So I think college is definitely, I think the reason it's still around is because it's a, obviously some degrees you need to have a, you know, you have to have a degree to get. Some jobs you have to have a really good degree. To get it, but I think primarily it's there as just like an old school status symbol for people, um, for both the kids and the parents. So that's how I feel. That's a that's a fucking hot take. That is, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm proud of that one. I probably should be. It's probably the stupidest thing anyone's ever heard. But like, I felt that felt good. I felt good. All right, that's uh. I haven't done this in forever. Let's see if I even do anything with this. All right. Goodbye.